Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Well, hello, and thank you for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Pastor Ryan. I'm on the uh, ministry team here at Journey. And we started a new series recently, still in Matthew chapter 5, but it's called Jesus and Difficult People. Uh, Pastor Christian, have you have you been surprised by the feedback you've received so far on this series? Did did you did you think the need would be that great? So Ryan, on Easter Sunday, we just invited people back for church, right? So technically, um, we're still in a series called Chasing Perfection, but we're realizing um, the metaphors that Jesus is using to teach us about our relationship with God are, are not only, um, extremely human, they're like extremely relevant. So, you know, a few weeks ago, Jesus says, you can, you can, you can learn a lot about how you should approach your relationship with God and how God loves you through a metaphor of marriage. And it's like, not only did we learn a lot about Jesus, but those of us who are married or who have friends who are married and, have kids who are married or, you know, want, want to help people who are married. Like there was, there was so much in the metaphor about marriage that we were able to learn about Jesus and marriage. And now Jesus is, is talking to us about how his heart is shaped and his followers' hearts should be shaped, um, in order to honor God when it, when it comes to people who can be difficult. So we, we are, we're in a series chasing perfection because Jesus says, if you want to connect to God, like I'm connected to God, all you got to do is be as perfect as your heavenly father. So we're chasing perfection because we're chasing Jesus. But as we chase Jesus, the lessons he's teaching us are very real world. And we're in three of them now that kind of deal with people. Uh, Last week, people who can't be trusted uh, because they're dishonest. This week, to put it bluntly, like people who are jerks, like that's, I've, I've chuckled yeah. at, the, at the titles of your messages. Yeah, like yeah, the t- the title of the message is you know when you know when what to do when they're jerks. Like last week is when they can't be trusted. What do you do this week when they act like jerks? What do you do? Because Jesus is like that's the group of people he's talking about. Today we're going to talk about people who take advantage of you and how you should respond to honor me. So. On Easter Sunday, I invite people back for church and just tell them we're chasing Jesus. So we're studying his teaching and he's going to be teaching about how to deal with difficult people. And at all nine of our services, at all nine of our services, when I say next three weeks, we're going to talk about Jesus and difficult people. Like you could just see everyone sit up straight like I need to know what Jesus has to say about difficult people. And many of them even looked at or nudged the person sitting next to him as if to say, this series is about you, bud, or, you know, this series is about you, dear, because you were difficult. Like I just, um, I noticed the very real need in our congregation for followers of Jesus to try to figure out how to love and deal with some difficult people in their life. So I think I was, um, I was pleasantly surprised at the willingness of the people in our church to embrace the mission 
of loving difficult people in their life like Jesus loved them. It shows me the heart and the hunger of our church to be more like Jesus and trying to say, all right, um, give it to me. I got some difficult people. Help me understand how I can live like Jesus towards them. So I, I've been super, super pleased and I've learned already so much now in, in our second message, so much personally about difficult people, how they impact your soul, um, and how Jesus can use scenarios with them to help you see him more, to help you understand his love more, and to help you show his love more. Yeah, I think it's a super practical message. We'll we'll dive in a little bit more. But when I saw the two goals for the message, my yeah. my spirit hurt and it rejoiced at the same time because I've experienced both of those goals at some point in my adult ministry life. And those two goals, again, were to see how difficult people can destroy us spiritually. And then the good news is to see how difficult people can deepen us spiritually. And and I, I haven't always handled them as Jesus would uh, would want me to, which is why I love the statement you made. We are not in control of the actions of others. We're accountable for our reactions to them. Uh, can you can you share what you've learned personally by experiencing these two goals? I've learned that I need to be a lot more like Jesus. <laughs> like if I could just summarize it, um, I've learned I need to be a lot more like Jesus. So Jesus presents all these actions of jerks. <laughs> Um, that they should be held accountable for. Somebody sh- like somebody hits you. Um, somebody unfairly forces you uh, to do something. Somebody takes something of your like. Like Jesus is saying, there are going to be people who take advantage of you. And before he tells us how to deal with them, he will do that next week. By the way, he. The person who strikes you, the person who takes your coat, the person who makes you go a mile, the person who treats you unfairly. Jesus will tell us how um, how to act towards them next week when he said you need to pray for them and bless them. Like that's going to be even harder. But Jesus says before I get to how you um, how you interact with them, let me talk to you about how you interact with me. Because your reaction to them is accountable to me. And ultimately, their action to you is also accountable to me. But I'll take care of them in my own time. The only thing you are responsible for and accountable for is how you react to people, even sometimes the difficult people. I love the Swindoll quote in in our message. That life is 10%, um, 10% of... of of how you act 90% of how, of how you react to what happens to you. Like life is 90% how you react to what has happened to you. And Jesus says life is 100% accountable in how you react to people. Um, so I think what we learned, and we'll talk about this through the, I, I have been, it's interesting. You, you said when you saw the goals of the message, your spirit hurt. I've been kind of mourning my way through the life of David and how he allowed a couple jerks to get him so off track spiritually. I mean, it's unbelievable how he got distracted literally by just a couple jerks. And it led to situations that caused his entire family to be, to fall apart. Now he was accountable for all of those. But because he did not handle 
difficult people well. He found himself in a in really really bad he he found himself in really really bad situations spiritually, and those situations destroyed him. So Jesus says, really, you can let difficult people destroy your faith or deepen your faith. And you look at Jesus' way, it's like somebody hits you on the right cheek, turn the left. Somebody asks you to go a mile, go two. Somebody asks for your coat, give them your tunic, two. Don't withhold from the one who asks for you. Give to the one who needs it. And you're like, I'd never want to do that. And she's like, okay, here are the other options then. Here's what it looks like to take matters in your own hands. It's going to destroy you spiritually. Here's what it looks like to do it my way. It's going to deepen you spiritually. It's not going to be easy. You might not even enjoy it, but I promise you it will deepen you spiritually. So those are your choices. Take matters into your own hands and let it destroy you. Or put matters in my hands. Love me, love them, and let it deepen you. Um, Both ways may really stink. One of them, though, is going to bring you much closer to me. One of them is going to make you look a whole lot more like me. So, yeah, what what have I personally experienced in these two things? Difficult people can destroy you. Difficult people can deepen you. I need to be a whole lot more like Jesus. But the more, the more I've asked every in every situation with every person, how can Jesus use this to make me more like Him? The more the more my faith has grown deep, and the less room Satan has had to destroy things in my life spiritually. So in talking about being destroyed by difficult people, you, you mentioned that part of the outline of the, the message. You you list wounds from the jerks, yeah, right, yeah. That, that David experienced. That's good, right? Yeah, that was. Everybody, yeah. everybody has some wounds from the jerks. They do. Yep. And, and unfortunately, and I think this is the introspective part of it, is all of us have been a jerk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, uh, and I think that's part of what I'm asking God to to. To help me as a dad, as a husband, as just an individual, help me to to be better at loving people so that I'm not a difficult person. Uh, but the you know David experienced these in Second Samuel. As good of a leader David was, right? He was ter- terrific. He's well renowned, and the fact that he often responded in the flesh. Can you talk through why it's so hard for us to react as Jesus would want us to? Yeah. So David was a man who had a heart who had a a, a heart after God. He. He was a man whose heart was set on God. He's a really passionate guy. He's passionate spiritually, um, you know, and, and sometimes he was really passionate in reacting in his flesh. And we looked at two situations. One, where a mediator stepped in and said, trust me to take care of this. And one, where a mediator did not. So we we looked at David who... Um, David and his men had been kind of protecting the shepherd, uh, wealthy landowner named uh, Nabal. Um, and David sent his kind of his warriors to the guy during the season when they would shear the sheep, slaughter the calves, have huge festivals to say, hey, we've been watching your sheep, taking care of you. Like, man, would you be willing to give us some food? It's an interesting story. It's an interesting yeah. story. Yeah, it is. And Nabal responds, you know, would you give David some food? And Nabal responds like, who's David? Isn't he just another runaway slave? David gets ticked off and says, um, God help me by nightfall if every male in his family's not dead. I think he's in the flesh right there. Yeah. <laughs> they strap on their swords and go to kill everyone. Like, and here's what's happened. David has not only lived for God, David has lived for people and tried to treat them well. He anticipates that they'll return that favor. 
I you're right. Like treat others the way you want to be treated. He did. He treated them well. He thought they would return that favor. They did not. So he said, so his fleshly response was, I'm going to kill him. He gets so offended. I'm going to kill him. So he and his men are, are riding towards Nabal's house to kill him. And his wife finds out what happens and she meets David kind of halfway a mediator and says, don't, you don't have to do this. Um, it's, I, I will pay the penalty for my husband. Here is all the food. Take your vengeance on me if you have to. And David said, nope. But if you wouldn't have stood between us, I would have made a really, really bad decision. And at, her name's Abigail and she goes back and the situation is averted because someone, someone, a mediator stepped in and said, trust that I will take care of this. A second time in second Samuel chapter um, 10. And here's where my heart gets hurt. David has a friend who's the king of Ammon, modern day Jordan, and his friend dies. So he sends a gift to the guy's son to just say, man, I'm so, like, I'm sorry your dad died. Um, and I'm here if you need anything. So his guys get there and some servants of the new king say, they're not, they're not here to help. They're here to spy. They shave off their beards. They basically cut off their clothes. They, hum, they humiliate them. They humiliate them and basically say, get the heck out of our country. Just like Nabal. David says, I'm trying to be good and you've returned good with bad. And David says, then all right. Like I sent you a peace offering. You offended me. Now we fight. David's a fighter. It's what he does. Now we fight. So Ammon knows we're in trouble. They hire Syria, Syria and, uh, Syria and Ammon come together, um, to have a war. The Ammonites run and hide. Uh, the Israelites defeat Syria, which was called Aram at the time. And then second Samuel 11 opens and it says in this, in spring, in the time when Kings go off to war, David stayed home, but they were going to war against Ammon. Why? Because some jerks hurt David's feelings. It's the only reason that battle ever took place. He tried to do something nice and his kindness got repaid by a couple, like a couple jerks. We don't even know their names. But they ticked off David. He ends up going to war. And like his whole life is is set back because he doesn't trust like he did with Abigail, a mediator to say, I will take care of this. He doesn't trust like we are being asked to trust that Jesus will take care. Like when someone hurts, when you do something right and someone hurts you, Jesus says, I'll take care of this. You do not have to take this into your own hands. I'll take care of this. David did not trust that someone would take care of it. And he found himself in a situation that was so spiritually destructive. He was isolated. He was tempted without any spiritual community. His family began to develop a real hard heart towards not only outsiders, but each other spiritually. Um, they decided retribution was better than patience, uh, bitterness grew in people until until literally it physically killed them all because a couple jerks humiliated David's friends and he did not trust to turn the other cheek because God would take care of it. it's like his whole life and his family and eventually uh, like the 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 monarchy of Israel all falls apart because 
because a because a couple of jerks shaved off the beards and and cut off the robes of the of the guys who brought an offering. And like I've just been mourning that story because it's like, man, the trouble that people can cause when we are not able to hand them over to Jesus. The trouble in our life and in our heart and in our families and in our friendships that just a couple jerks can cause us if we don't hand them over to God can ruin everything. And that's what happened in David's life. I think he lists some of these wounds there. Um, Isolation, temptation, hard-hearted, retribution, uh, bitterness. Uh, Yeah, I mean, quite a few things can happen in the heart wounds yep that we often react in the wrong way yep and david david certainly set the example of how to do it in the wrong way he was he was destroyed by the actions of difficult people because he could not trust that god would take care of it and about every person listening has done that same thing i have yeah i i mean i i mentioned on sunday if you were to ask me what difficult people in 2020 did to my soul um, a lot of isolation, a lot of, I just felt really alone a lot of times as a leader, as a spiritual leader. Um, certainly moments where, where, where my heart was probably harder than it should have been. Um, and boy, bitterness tried hard to, to, to take root. Like I just felt like every day Satan planted that seed and I had to dig it up before it grew up before it grew into a root. Um, yeah, that's just me. And that's just last year. We can multiply that by thousands of people probably every year for the people in our church. Yeah. Yeah. We, we got to be careful to, to deal with difficult people Jesus way. Um, because it can, it can destroy our soul. Yeah. You got, you got really practical in the latter half of the message. Um, really the most practical and challenging part of the message, I think was point two, where it, where it deepened, you can be deepened by difficult people, your spiritual walk. And you gave five answers. And boy, you know, as I, as I saw these and listen, I just resonated. You know, how, how can difficult people deepen my faith could, could literally be life changing if people will apply these five answers you gave. Um, answer one, they remind me how good God is. They challenge a shallow faith walk. I thought that was really challenging. It's like maybe you have a shallow faith walk if, if these are causing you so much trouble. They help me to practice loving like Jesus. They force me to practice trust or crumble to pressure. They show me the importance of praying to a reliable friend in Jesus. So which of those five could have the greatest impact on someone's life if they'll apply those? I, Ryan, the one, um, probably two, um, two that really hit my heart. Like, like, like when I read, when I read the scriptures that I taught in my message, I was convicted. Um, one was answer number two, they challenge a shallow faith walk. Paul told the church at Rome, um, when you fail to be as patient with people as God has been with you, you show contempt for how he loves. Meaning, you accept his love, you accept his love, but you show you don't respect it when you won't give it. That hit my heart. One, because like, I'd never want to, like, I'd never want to offend God, right? Like I, I wouldn't, I would never, 
um, <laughs> I wouldn't, I would never want to take a gift that God has given me and throw it on the ground and, and kick dirt on it. And that's what it means to show contempt that God has given you a gift and you've just thrown it away. So God has given us the gift of being really, really patient when we were really, really difficult. And he has said, like, hey, you use this wisely. And when we are not willing to be really, really patient with people who have been really, really difficult, we take that gift God has given us. So we throw it on the ground. We kick dirt on and say, that that one's not important to me. That convicted me. Um, because I am not as patient with difficult people as Jesus has been with me. Period. Period. That convicted me. And I think answer number five, they show me the importance of praying to a, to a reliable friend. You know, we read in Proverbs that a friend of many companions, got all kinds of friends, can come to ruin. But there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And the reality is a lot of us, um, a lot of us struggle spiritually because our most reliable friend is not Jesus. And we're going to people who are not giving us the counsel of Jesus. And we're going to people who can't give us the inner strength of Jesus. And we're going to people who've not set the example of Jesus. So I think answer number two for me, that my faith is shallow when I show contempt to gifts that God has given me to give others. Um, and just being more convinced than ever that like prayer is the only safe person to talk to about every difficult person in your life is Jesus. He gets it. He gets it because he knows you. And the fact that he's even in a conversation with you tells you you can keep going with a difficult person in your life. So I, for, for me, I, I don't know, I don't know which of these has the greatest impact for everyone. For me, two and five, um, pretty powerful in, in my life as a follower of Jesus this week. I think it's a really great opportunity for every listener to kind of have, let's call it an activate moment where they can think through these. How could I activate my faith this week and, and kind of do an assessment of how they're doing on those? You know, like how, how am I doing in these five areas? Because like you in quick assessment, you were able to identify some things. And I think it helps move us closer to being more like Jesus, which no is the whole point of the whole point of the series. Yep. You talk about Friday's reflection. Um, like every week, you know, you put together some reflections for people to do at home. You talk about in the message Friday's reflection. Tuesdays is pretty personal. Um, but, but why is this daily reflection so important for people to work through? And let me just read it and then, then you can answer. Key verse for Tuesday is 2 Samuel 17, 23. Ahithophel's his name. Yes. Yeah, I, you're yeah. welcome. I think I know that one. Yeah. When Ahithophel, I've mispronounced plenty of other things on the podcast, saw that his vice had not been followed, he saddled his donkey and set out for his house in his hometown. He put his house in order and then hanged himself. So he died and was buried in his father's tomb. Then the key reflection is allowing bitterness to linger in your soul is ultimately an act that slowly kills your soul. Is there anything or anybody in your life that has caused a root of bitterness to grow in your heart? I think it's a key thought in this whole difficult people. Why is this daily reflection so important for people to work through? Well, first, I'm glad you didn't ask me to answer that. When I first saw that, I thought, Man, you like you want me to answer that question? Yeah, like, what's the name? Yeah, whoever, <laughs> you, yeah, you want me to tell you right now who I'm bitter against? That, that, that like, I, I only tell Jesus, yes. um, and my counselor, most of those things. Um, I, I think it's important to let the word. Scripture says, "Let the word dwell richly 
in your heart. Like, like putting money in a bank and letting it sit there. I think too often the messages of Scripture skip off our heart like a stone skips off a pond. And like it's touch and go, touch and go, touch and go, gone. And that's not how Jesus wants the seeds of the gospel planted. He wants them to dwell richly. He wants them deposited and then kept so they can grow. So the impact of the message that we hear on Sunday is actually greater on Friday than it was on Sunday because it's had five days to begin to grow interest. And eventually there's compound interest that the message that was deposited in my soul has been growing for 20 years. So I think this thought of meditating, God told Joshua to not let the book of the law depart from his from his mouth, but to meditate on it day and night and to, to be careful to do everything written in it so he could be prosperous and successful. When we talk about meditating on scripture, the, the picture that the Old and New Testament languages, Hebrew and Greek use, is the picture of a cow eating grass. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people know cows have four stomachs and cows do something that's called like chew the cud. Um, so they will like eat grass. It goes into stomach number one and then they literally regurgitate it and then they chew on it in their mouth again. And it'll go into stomach number two and then they'll throw it up a little bit and swallow. It goes into stomach number three, but stomach number one, stomach number two, stomach number three, stomach number four are each taking a different part, different nutrient for a different part of the body for that. And until that cow has completely used up every bit by just chewing incessantly and allowing it to process over and over and over internally, um, the grass, like they're not done with it. That's how we are supposed to treat scripture that we literally chew on it and digest it over and over and over and over and over again until it's flowing through our veins. And then once the messages of scripture flow through our veins, once we've reflected on them enough to be changed. So after reflecting on scripture, we then reflect the image of God. Um, we're not ready to be done with it. So I think these daily reflections for us are just saying, hey, don't let Sunday be one skip of a rock on the pond, but let's let this rock sink. And the things that we learned, let's just think about them until we've processed them enough to live them until we've lived them enough to show them. And then once we're done with that, we'll, we'll move on to the next one. And I think no doubt when there is a ton of bitterness in your heart, it is skipping onto a hard heart that never allows it to sink yeah. in, to, to marinate, to, um, yeah, you're just, your, your heart is not willing to receive the things that God wants you to. Yeah. And, and I said it in the message. Um, and I'll say it again for those who didn't hear the message. Bitterness is dangerous for Christians. Because being hurt by someone is not a sin, but bitterness is. You cannot control whether or not somebody hurts you. You do control through surrender and trust and prayer whether or not you will be bitter towards them. So bitterness is dangerous for the Christian because we think it's something that someone else should be accountable for, but we are accountable for letting roots and trees, forests of bitterness grow in our hearts. Yeah, some great uh, great content this week. And, and just as kind of a closing reminder, you had shared um, 
seven spiritual things last week. You, you kind of renamed them, I think, to seven spiritual foundations. Yeah, I called them seven spiritual concepts last week, but I realized in the message, these are the, these are the foundations of dealing with difficult people. If this is not your spiritual worldview, um, you do, you do not have a foundation for which to deal with difficult people. Sovereignty, grace, humility, accountability, honesty, love, and reliance. So we'll repeat these every week of this series that, um, these, these are the building blocks. Get these in place and you get a shot. Without these, uh, houses on the sand and when the winds blow, you're going to get stuck. Yeah. So great. I'm glad you got a chance to, to, uh, share those again. And I wanted to highlight them in the podcast because they're so, they're the, they're the kind of things that help activate your faith to make it real. Pastor Christian, thanks uh, again for uh, sharing your wisdom and insight on the podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, we hope to see you in person at one of our five services, either on Sunday morning, 8, 9, 30, and 11, or over at Summit Christian Academy at 9, 30, or 11. It's great to uh, have space uh, for not only guests to come, but for our church as uh, more and more people continue to come back. We look forward to seeing you um, soon on a Sunday morning. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at activate at takethejourney.cc. If you would rate us, it would be a big favor to us to uh, continue to get the word out for this uh, teaching tool uh, of Journey Church International. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.